Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Rich Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Rich, and this is my podcast. Okay, guys, we got some good news to share with you today. If you read the title, then you already know your boy completed his first marathon. Let's get a round of applause. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's enough. Seriously, that's, that's good. In today's episode, I not only want to give you a recap of my race and all the prep that went into it, but I also want to give you some important tips to help you get through any physical challenges that you've you've faced in life and you've you may not have succeeded in, you may have failed, because surprise, surprise, I I failed to achieve my goal with this marathon. And I'm not upset by it because along the way I achieved a lot of different things that I didn't even know I was going to achieve, right? I didn't plan on achieving these things, but they just kind of happened. So without further ado, let's get right into this. The three days leading up to the marathon were a bit different than how I would usually prep for the days leading up to a race. Leading up to a big race, you want to carb load and top off your energy reserves. This isn't an excuse to eat like an asshole, guys, but it's a pass to eat more food than you usually do. Since my family was in town, I tried to stick to my routine, but it wasn't as easy as I hoped it would have been. My eating wasn't what I would have liked it to be. Let's just say that. I, I don't think I even ate enough food the two days before the race, but since this was the first time I ran the marathon, I have nothing to compare it to. I don't think it negatively impacted me though. I do think I could have ate more. Whether or not that helps me more on the race is unknown. It's something I need to test next time. I got a respectable amount of sleep the night before the race, probably somewhere around seven hours. I perform best at eight hours of sleep. I regularly stretch and perform mobility, but I put an extra emphasis on it the days leading up to it and the morning of. Okay, breakfast was a bagel with strawberry jam, honey, and some pink Himalayan salt. I had a little bit of caffeine along with creatine and some L-citrulline pills. L-citrulline is just, it helps increase your uh, blood flow, I guess you could say. And it also has some beetroot powder in there. And then I took an electrolyte pack with that. Then I took a salt pill that contains a bunch of vitamins and electrolytes. I had that with another 50 milligrams of a caffeine energy gel. I know it seems like a lot, but electrolytes are essential to having a good race. I made my way to the race. And when I got there, I had a liter of electrolyte water attached to my back. It had two packets of element in it, which comes out to 2,000 milligrams of sodium, 400 milligrams of potassium, and 120 milligrams of magnesium. So just to be clear, guys, this liter of electrolyte water I had attached to my back, I did not consume that pre-race, okay? That was to be consumed during the race. And... I knew the race had two fuel stations where I could grab additional water because I didn't want to drink only my electrolyte water. I've done that before on previous runs. 
and it left me feeling thirsty and off balance. So I knew that I needed to throw in regular water too. I also had five honey gels and two caffeine gels on me. These I would consume throughout the race. Preparation is key to having a good race. If you just show up on race day without a plan, you are asking for trouble. Come in the race day with a plan and do everything in your power to execute said plan. It's also important that any plan that you have should should have been tested already. You should have tested it on your long runs during your training and you should know when to consume those those gels you have, when to consume the water, when I should consume the electrolyte water, all that stuff. There should be a plan for every mile if you want to have a good quality race. The course I was running was a three mile loop that you run eight times. And then when you start, they make you go backwards and then turn around. So where you start is where you finish. 6 a.m. hits, the whistle gets blown. I start in the middle of the pack. It's it's a smaller crowd, probably a little bit over 100 people, give or take. And I'm feeling good. I notice my pace is faster than usual as I'm passing it by a bunch of people. I did use the bathroom before, but my body wanted me to take a shit. I, I, I was like, no, no, don't fucking do this shit. And so for the first loop, I was basically telling my body to shut the fuck up and let me just run this race because I, I did not want to stop for the bathroom at all. It was just, that was not, that was not in the plan. No bathroom breaks. Okay. And I figured when I'm sweating as much as I am, when I'm all my water is just, it's like I'm drinking water and it's just going to come right out of me. So I figured I wouldn't have to use the bathroom or wouldn't feel like using the bathroom. So after that first lap, it kind of went away. Okay. So I finished the first loop. I'm, I'm around 33 minutes. I'm doing fucking mathematics in my head. That's, that's about the pace I wanted to set out to achieve a little bit faster than, than I would like because 33 minutes and four miles, that's eight, 16, 24, 32. It's a little bit over an eight minute pace. Okay. Not too bad. I, 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 I might be going a little bit too fast. I just gotta make sure I'm on top of my, on top of my water intake. My, my family's at the start, you know, they're cheering me on that, that really helps me keep pushing as I'm running the second loop, I'm trying my hardest to run and consume some of my gels. Just not 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 anything crazy, but it was very difficult because I wasn't necessarily hungry, but I knew I needed to get the energy to get this food inside of me. And it's 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 really hard to consume gels when you're running, right? I go through two loops without grabbing any water at the aid station. Cause I'm confused because I know one aid station has water, but the other one didn't. At least I didn't see it. So now I'm getting in my head like, where the fuck is this water? Why wouldn't there be water here? And as I approach a half marathon with no stopping, I finally find water at the at the aid station and grab some. But I did notice when I stopped to grab the water, I almost fell over. <laughs> there was a guy there and... I went to grab the water. I kind of fell, fell towards him. 
and he kind of pushed me back up. But he he was he was all cool about it, right? Like it wasn't he was being a dick. But I I knew at that moment that I wasn't consuming enough electrolytes and enough gels because I should not I should not be dizzy, right? When I stop, that's that's a sign of either I'm dehydrated or my electrolytes are low. Because during one of my runs, during one of my long runs, I think I ran was it like a 13 mile run? I I stopped at the 7-Eleven to use the bathroom and I was absolutely in shambles. I was the room was spinning when I was taking the taking the piss at the 7-Eleven and I just knew like something was wrong. So I consumed some gels and electrolytes while I was at the gas station. I I, I felt much better. So the only reason I knew what was wrong with me is because again, I I tested out long runs before and I knew that I've experienced this before. And then that's just the value of doing those long runs and testing what works and what doesn't. Not consuming water for those two laps was a crucial mistake I made. And I ended up getting behind on my water intake and that had me exhausted faster than I think I would have hoped for. See, just to break it down, there's two aid stations. One at the start and one in the middle of the loop. Grabbing water at each checkpoint is is crucial. Now I uh, I'm done with my first. I'm done with I'm done with the half marathon, and my mind started talking to me. Right, you you start getting your head, and I'm not wearing headphones. Okay, so my thoughts are going fucking crazy, and I'm fucking out of breath talking. Like I just ran a marathon, and I'm out of breath talking to you guys. <laughs> I'm trying to get sub a sub four hour marathon here. And my mind is telling me like, oh, you just need to do this for another two hours, right? And some guys passed me and we talked briefly. All of us were on pace for a sub four for our marathon. My mind, however, had other plans. I got done with the fourth loop and somewhere in the fifth loop, I finally started walking. I had run 15 no, it was, it was 16 miles without stopping. That's the longest I've ever ran without stopping, by the way. My record before that was 10 miles. And I was over the moon. But I still had 10 more miles to go. And no one tells you this, but when you stop and start walking in the race, that's when the pain starts to set in. And holy shit, my legs were... It was, it was so hard to start running again after I stopped. You know, you you start walking. That initial, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try doing some. I'm gonna try to do some running again. No, no, no. It, it's fucking. It hurts, and I I can't I can't even explain how how badly it hurt to get back to running after I started walking. But luckily, it got easier. Uh, you know, once you start doing it back and forth, your body starts to adjust, and I got in the rhythm. So after five loops. I knew where I wanted to stop and walk and where I wanted to run. And then during mile 24, I was running down a small hill, a hill I've ran down many times during this race. And my quads just became pumped like no fucking other. It was absolutely, it was the most insane pump of my life. And every time I walked, it felt like my quads were going to pop out of my fucking legs. So... I'm I'm barely I'm like tiptoeing at this point and 
for some crazy reason, the pain just went away. As quickly as it came, it went away. And I was like, holy shit, this is a fucking miracle. I ended up catching up with some guys that had one one loop left and I had about one mile left. And they really helped me push through to the end of the race. I ended up sprinting up, up the hill and across the finish line with a total of four hours and 36 minutes. Well, it was, okay, it was four hours, 35 minutes, and 59 seconds. But I'm just going to round it up to 36 minutes. So I did it. I I finished the marathon. And afterwards, I consumed a bunch of electrolytes and tried to walk off the the pain that was inevitably going to set in. As I write this, it's been a couple days. Or even as I talk about this, it's been a couple days. I'm pretty beat up. My hips are probably the worst. My knees, you know, I've been having knee issues. They're they're not doing so hot, but they're not as bad as I thought, thought they were going to be. Now, guys, the goal was sub four hours, right? And that's not even a crazy goal, yet I fell short. I didn't accomplish it. See, with distance running, it's within your control how far you run. You either keep running or you stop. It's all within your control. And yeah, I failed. I didn't I didn't keep running. I didn't reach my goal. But I'm not mad at myself because I finished. There's been a ton of things in my life that I've started that I've never finished. The simple fact that at the start of the year, I wrote down I wanted to run the marathon and then spent the next five months training for it and going through with it and finishing it. I can't be more stack about that. There were setbacks in my training for sure. And I hate to say this, but I could have pushed myself harder. If I, looking back, if I fueled correctly during those first couple miles, I could have pushed myself harder. And I'm going to use those setbacks as a learning lesson and make sure when I train for my next marathon, I don't let those things happen again. Murphy's Law states whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Setbacks are inevitable. And sometimes you won't reach your goal that you set out to achieve, and that's okay. Instead of focusing on the fact that I didn't achieve my goal of running a marathon in less than four hours, I want to look at what I did achieve, okay, along the way. Because there was a lot of things I achieved without even... When I started this marathon training, I just wanted to run sub four hour marathon, right? But I'm going to talk about a bunch of things that I accomplished without even seeking out to accomplish it, without even trying to accomplish it, okay? So first, I ran the entire marathon without headphones, no music coming into my head, nothing, just me and my thoughts. If you told me I would do that five months ago, I would call you crazy. Second, I ran 60 miles without stopping. That's the farthest I've ever ran without stopping. You told If you told me that five months ago, I'd tell you you're full of shit. Third, I fueled properly during the race, uh, at least during the middle and end of it. And afterwards, I didn't feel dizzy, uh, didn't feel lightheaded, no out of breath, and I didn't have any allergic reaction. Fourth, I know what not to do during my next marathon training, and I know what I should add to it. Fifth, 
My body is capable of more than I believe it to be. And finally, I can run at a nine-minute pace without getting out of breath. My legs get exhausted before my lungs do. And that's great information to know because if I just train my legs more, get them stronger, get them more conditioned, a sub-four-hour marathon is in my sights. Not hitting a goal can really make you feel like total shit. Like you're just a fucking piece of shit. Like you just wasted the last five months of your life. It's easy to get in this headspace and play the victim. But I not only achieved so much more than I originally set out to, I learned what not to do next time in order for me to achieve a sub four hour marathon. I feel great, even though I didn't hit my goal, because, well, that was a lofty goal for me. And I did set the bar relatively high. It would do me no good to feel bad for myself. Just like many situations in life, feeling bad for yourself doesn't do anything but hurt you. So what you didn't achieve a goal? Look at all you did achieve, and then go back and figure out where you went wrong. Reevaluate the last five months. I know what I did wrong. I had situations that got thrown at me, that threw me off track. I missed about one month of training in total. I'm going to hit us up for our marathon. And I want to do it before the end of this year. So I'll probably let my knees heal and then slowly transition back into running. But I'm going to do it. And that's that. I've had a lot of people reach out to me saying they want to run the marathon, but they don't know where to start. So if you're one of these people, let me break it down super fucking easy for you. Okay. What you do, you go online, you look up a marathon Make it like six months from now, maybe a year. You sign up for it. You start fucking training for it. You go online, Google marathon training plans, right? Find a plan that looks like you could do it consistently and fucking go after it. Set yourself a goal and bada bing bada boom. You got this. It's, it's not rocket science, guys. It's really not. If you want to achieve something, if you want to do something, set a goal, sign up for it, go after it. And even if you don't achieve it, like me, you'll achieve a lot of things along the way. And there's no better feeling than that. So thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Please recommend this to a friend. It really helps out the show. It helps us grow. And if you're not following me on Instagram, my personal page is Petrie Richard underscore. That's P-E-T-R-Y Richard underscore. And my fitness page is Richard Petrie Fitness. Thank you all so much for listening again. I truly appreciate each and every one of you. I'll see you all next Thursday. Peace.